This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, loyal listeners. Welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe. This is Jason Cass, and today I am here with Miss uh, Teresa Kitchens. Now, I want to let you loyal listeners know it is April 7th right now. We are in the depths of this shelter in place, this uh This COVID that's probably been talked a lot about on a lot of podcasts before this. I think this is probably coming out, Teresa, probably around the end of April, beginning of May. I know we had to push back a bunch because of the COVID special. If you did not get a chance, please be sure to go check that out. Come to our website at insuranceagencyintelligence.com on the front. You're going to see the six podcasts that we did as a special for COVID. And then we turned it into an ebook specifically for um, you guys. Because there's a lot of people out there who just don't listen to podcasts. So loyal listeners, here's what I need you to do. I need you to come to our website and then download it, and then I need you to send it to that person that won't listen to a podcast but needs some help. That's what the whole point of the ebook is for, okay? In the meantime, in the meantime, I got a call or I got a message from this gentleman by the name of Joshua Lipstone, who is a very, very awesome mastermind member of ours, and he's always trying to find good content for other agents. He really helps me a lot out there, and I was sitting at home. And I got a Facebook message and he said, Jason, there's a lady that you need to check out out there with this podcast. And here she is. And I looked at it and I opened it up, literally listened to like 30 seconds of it. Key is, uh, Teresa, you may not know this. A lot of my podcast listeners, I don't listen to podcasts. (laughs) I know it's really, really crazy. It's like the, uh, there's a lot of Facebook gurus, right? And they don't use Facebook. It's really, really weird. But uh, so anyway, so they, so I saw the power women in insurance and I reached out to her immediately. And now here she is after uh, probably a couple weeks, month. I don't know however long it's taken. So Teresa, welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me on today. Yeah, no, seriously. Thank you. It's crazy times. It's nine in the morning. That's uh, where, where exactly do you live, Teresa? I'm right outside of Dallas. Oh, okay. So you're same same time zone. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I'm right there with you. It's nine nine eighteen my time. So I'm right there with you. Right outside of Dallas. I was in Dallas on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth for the uh for Billy Williams Fix Your Agency. Uh what a great, great time. Uh, a lot of a lot of great friendships I created there. Um, but good 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 time thing. And I and I like Dallas. I we always stay in the Arlington area. It's always down that Arlington South, I believe, is wherever it is, off twenty. Right. Uh, Good place right. down there. A lot of great restaurants. We always love the barbecue and stuff down there. It's a great time. Anyways, you can already see how I get off on rants. It's early <laughs> and, and I'm hyped up on Starbucks. So anyways, uh, so Teresa, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I'm an iPhone user. In fact, I just got my husband to move back from Samsung back over to iPhone. So uh, I am a, I'm a deep iPhone user. Yeah, oh, you got him. I mean, the poor guy I'm was a corrupter. 
He, yeah, he was on the right path. Come on, no, Teresa. I'm, I know, I know. You know, I just reach out, put my talons in, and and, and corrupt. That's what he I do. Good decisions. He married you, <laughs> so I think you shouldn't sway him from from his other decisions. Yeah, uh, that's okay. yeah. Love to win or hate to lose. Um, I hate to lose. I absolutely hate to lose. Yeah. I mean, but at the same point, I do think it's a balance. I think we learn a lot from our, from our failures. And I know that a lot of people have heard that are our challenges, not really failures, but our challenges. Mm -hmm. And it's those challenges. I think that spur us on to be better people. And I've definitely had more than my fair share of those challenges. And I think they make me who I am and I relish in them, if that makes sense. And they're the things I think that create a great story. I had somebody once, um, as a mother, I have somebody once who told me, don't take your children's story away. And it was because I was kind of trying to protect my children and guide them in the way that they should go, which is what we should do as parents. But at the same point, I think it was doing it a little bit too much. So I love the fact that it's those moments that we have those stories. And that's where we become inspirational to other people. It's where we can build ourselves you know, story moving forward, whenever we get into the next difficult situation. And I really think that, 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 that hating to lose aspect of it is more fueling for me than, than the other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's one right or the other. And you've listened to the podcast, you say, and some of the answers, no matter what they say, you're kind of like, okay, well, I kind of see it that way too. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, yeah. Absolutely. And it is, it's cool though, how, how it does distinguish a skill or luck. What would you say has been the reason why you are where you are? If you had to just choose one of those two. Um, if I had to choose one of those two, I would say probably, I would say probably skill. And the main reason behind that is because I believe in uh, tenacity. I believe that you just don't quit. And I don't believe that skill necessarily means that you are, you know, the bomb dig at something. I think it just means that you just pick yourself back up and you move forward again. I would probably use more of a word tenacity than skill like probably. But I think over the course of time, you build the skill to be able to move forward and, and to do so in a tenacious way. Well, and not only that, um, Teresa, it's my podcast, so I can use the word skill rather than talk about <laughs> your podcast. You can use it. I'm joking. But anyways, absolutely. So. We have. We have. Absolutely. <laughs> that's why you created your own. You're like, I think I can do things different than Casket. And that's, I love that. So anyways, no, thank you very much. That's, that's really, uh, that gives us a good insight into who you are. Now take us back though, as far as you want back and bring us forward. Don't make it short, but don't make it long. Let us relate to who you are. So where'd you go to college? Start it. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to Dallas Baptist University and I have an undergraduate degree in elementary education. I thought I wanted to teach school. I actually also got a kindergarten certification and during my student teaching decided that was not what was in my journey at all. I decided that I needed to bail on that one very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. But I did teach uh, fifth grade English and really enjoyed that. And then we had had our first child in college and I wanted to be stay at home before we, we got too rich out there in the big world. So decided to stay home and have more children. And so then I stayed home for nine years. Loved wow. that. I was a stay at home mom for nine years. Absolutely thought that was one of the best things ever on the planet. Um, I've always had kind of an entrepreneurial spirit though. I have always tried to build things. I had a couple of other little small stay at home businesses along the way. And then one day, uh, back in 2002, my stepfather connected with me. I mean, he, we always talked every day, but he reached on out and he was with Allstate. And he said, hey, Teresa, we have this thing called a mold crisis right now going on in the state of Texas. And I was like, well, OK. Wow. And it was a black mold crisis that a lot of companies were not writing business anymore in the state of Texas. Like farmers stopped writing, state farms stopped writing, homeowners. Mm -hmm. Allstate would only take like the very best of credit and no claims and everything. 
And he was a fairly new Allstate agent. He'd only been around like three or four years. And he was like, Teresa, he goes, I'm, I'm losing business. I'm going down. The only thing we have is the Texas Fair plan. And, and I'm dying over here. And he said, but I've got a non-compete, so I, I don't have options. And I was like, wow. And, and this is one of my favorite terms. I was like, that sucks. How are you going to fix it? <laughs> you know, I was like, that's your problem, not mine. And he Bye, was like, Felicia. right. Bye, Sorry. Felicia. See ya. I'm, I'm doing something <laughs> else over here. But he was like, so I really need you. And I was like, well, okay. What does that mean? And he said, um, can we just have lunch? And so then he's like, hey, I want you to open up this independent insurance agency. But don't worry, I'll come over very quickly. It's not going to be that big of a deal. You can do it during mom's day out hours. Put your At that point, my youngest was three. And he was like, go ahead and put Kaylee in mom's day out. You're fine. Don't worry about it. And I was like, um, okay, I can do that for you. So then I met him down at, at, at the, you know, sign on the dotted line to be able to open up our own agency. And that was 18 years ago. <laughs> and here I still am. So it's been Did it's he been join you? Ride. He did. He took about th uh, two or three more years. We actually opened okay. up another business simultaneously, which got a little bit crazy. I ran that one for a little bit. It was more under his wing, but I ran that one a little bit more. And then I left that one in twenty in um, 2014, 2014, and then um, re kind of reengaged with the agency in 2015 to really kind of take it to the next level, try to be able to get it a little bit further down the road because we needed it needed just a little bit of extra you know, a little extra, a kick to it. So went that direction and um, I've been back in the agency now since about 2015. Wow. Fantastic. And then back in it. Um, so I assume, would you be owner or one of the partners, you and your father-in-law, is that right? Uh, stepfather, but no, I am the sole owner of it. Yeah. Because uh, we okay. just never changed anything. And now he's 76, he's partially retired and he likes to be able to come on in a couple days a week, make some phone calls. We moved everything over to voice over IP a couple of years ago. So he just has the app on his phone and he can sit at home and talk to all his clients that he's had for a while and um, still be able to uh, connect and, and be a part of things, but not necessarily have to be, you know, in the center of it. And that way he can travel and do what he wants to do. What's the agency look like people wise, book uh, business wise? What does it look like? Yeah, absolutely. So we are, we are about, uh, we have it's my, myself and my dad, uh, my stepfather, mm -hmm. he, he, he married my mom when I was five. So I call him my dad. So, but I also call gotcha. him Frank. So it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit confusing. So, um, <laughs> people are always like, I don't understand. Um, anyway, so it's myself and Frank, and then, uh, we have a, um, account manager and then we have uh, three virtual assistants that work with us, and we are in the process of acquiring another agency right now um, down in um, the, the Round Rock area that we're pretty excited about. We put it on hold because of all this COVID-19 stuff, but we're going to mm -hmm. re-engage with that probably in about 45 days. So, Yeah, yeah. And so did you, did you say your book split, and I didn't hear that, per commercial, personal? Oh, uh, we are 90% personal, about 10% commercial. Do a little okay. bit of small commercial. Coming from an all-state background, we just didn't have yeah. a whole lot of training on the commercial end of things. And just trying to be able to build up the book the way that we have in the last couple of years, we really have not gone on out and really explored that very intensively. It is something that I want to be able to grow in a little bit more for the for the diversity of the book is the commercial end of things. So we've done some small commercial, but we haven't really branched out on a large basis yet. Would you not agree that this is the greatest industry God ever created? Absolutely. 110%. I can tell you, 
one of my one of my favorite stories that I like to be able to tell my clients is that back when I was pregnant with my daughter, which my daughter just turned 21 in December. So um, 21 years ago, August 21 years ago, almost 20, uh, 22 years ago, my husband and I were asleep in in bed. It is one o'clock in the morning and uh, we both woke up and we don't know what woke us up at the same time, but we could hear this noise and it sounded like hail was falling on the ceilings of our roofs and we could not figure out what it was. But of course, like dorks, we just sat there in bed. No, I don't know. And it's August in Texas. My husband's like, it's hail. I go, it doesn't hail in August. And he was like, no, it's hail. And I was like, okay, fine. And I tend to freak out during storms. So I was trying to be very good. That way I didn't freak my husband out too much. And um, went ahead, tried to go back to sleep. All of a sudden we heard this boom and we could not figure out what it was. And it sounded like somebody was drop kicking Santa Claus off of my roof. So my husband gets up and starts screaming, call 911. And this was back in 1998. So we of course had the landline still. I picked up landlines, they weren't working. I had a cell phone, which was, you know, one of those like, I don't know, $8 million per minute things, right? right? And um, I was still teaching school at this. Well, I was I was substitute teaching at this point. So I had a cell phone just in case I'd gone into labor because I actually was with the school district about 45 minutes away. And um, so I went ahead and went in there to go get my cell phone. And all of a sudden I could see that our entire uh, back garage was on fire and our bedroom actually backed up to the garage. In retrospect, what we figured out was that our cars had actually exploded on the other wall of our beds. And that's what actually woke us up. So the the fire had already gone from the garage into the ceiling, uh, into the attic of our house. And we had just a one-story house. So it had already taken over the vast majority of the attic space, but just not reached into the drywall area. So you're yet. sitting there sleeping and there's fire and we raging. we were sleeping. In exactly. Exactly. And there's fire rolling up on the other side of the wall. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. So my husband goes out there and our garage door had actually been twisted and it was kicked about three houses down. Now, granted, we were at a T in the alleyway. So luckily it just went down an alleyway. It didn't go into somebody else's backyard or house. So we were extremely fortunate that direction. But we ended up grabbing the dog and my son because my son was five at that time going across the street. And, you know, when you meet your neighbors in your skivvies at two o'clock in the morning, it's kind of scary. Right. I but bet. I mean, I it bet. took five fire departments, uh, trucks, five fire trucks to be able to put out our house. We lost everything. They literally bulldozed our house with a, uh, with everything in it. I mean, they literally bulldozed our house with all of our belongings in it. Our mm. church actually came on out to help us dig through and save what we could. We were very, very fortunate that the last part of the house to burn was actually the portion with all of our family photos and everything. And they were all inside of a built in like a, a TV stand type thing. So mm -hmm. those were, they're all stuck to the plastic, but they're there. And um, it's just amazing to me going through the rebuild process. With We had to replace two cars. We had to rebuild our whole house. We had to rebuy everything, everything from your jeans to a kitchen table to everything, pictures, everything. And until you go through that experience, I don't think that you truly understand the power of insurance and knowing that we were safe and knowing that we were okay was a huge thing. And that's what I try to be able to bring to my clients is the fact that we know we've been there, we've experienced it, and we want to make sure that we protect them. And during those times, they don't happen that often, but when they do, that's the last time you want to wonder if you have the decent and, and solid coverage. Just curious, what'd the claim pay out? Like total for the auto and home. Do you remember? <clears throat> okay. Well, this was 1998. So we had, right. and we had two different companies. So we had Geico for our, for our autos at that time. And we had State Farm for our house. And um, our cars, uh, our cars, I think were about 
$30,000, maybe 35, something like that, if I remember correctly. And then uh, for our house, uh, we had an, we had an old Fox and Jacobs house, which around here in Texas, those were just little houses, about 1,800 square feet. But it was, um, I think it was about $250,000. Wow. I knew Approximately. That. And that's, you know, your contents and, and all of your stuff. Because back then our house was only like 97,000. Now in Texas, you can't buy a house for 97,000. But back then our house was like 100. And I think we had about you know, 80 to 100, then of course you had loss of use and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. So could have been, been a lot more than that. Absolutely. 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 You know, Teresa, this goes back to what I just wrote an article on. And the article, um, obviously now it's been out for two or three weeks uh, when people are hearing this, but it's called, uh, my gosh, I can't even remember the name of it. I just wrote it this weekend. It's called uh, what, um, what, what would the world look like without insurance or something like that? Oh my gosh. Mm. I Anyways. Teresa, here's something that if you're in the mastermind, I've been preaching this for the last week and a half. But if you're not into the loyal listeners, this may be the first time as well. I don't know. But when you look at it's so hard for people, your clients, my clients, our prospects to look out into the world and see the importance of insurance. Right. That's why you're explaining the story. That's why stories sell. Right. Because they they help us. And for any loyal listeners, there's nothing out there that sells better than a story. That's what Teresa is trying to get to you as well. But it's a real life story for her. Right. (laughs) But here's, here's the thing, though. The, the contractor who wants to build an 80-story 80, uh, 80 building in the middle of downtown New York with 50-story buildings all around it, it's hard to get this consumer to realize that that contractor and real estate developer could not take on the millions if billions of dollars that could happen right. if this thing falls over all this stuff, right? We couldn't do that. Right. So there would be no construction. Life insurance. We had people as we started growing during the industrial age and started acquiring more things. Well, if dad or mom died and they were the breadwinner, it would bankrupt the family. The life insurance insurance stepped up and said, hey, we can handle that. You know, you pay a premium. That happens. We pay out. It's called life yep. insurance. It's hard sometimes for the consumer to see that, Teresa, except right now. Yeah. Here's what I, here's what I say. This is powerful. If you want to see a world that doesn't have insurance, look at the world we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have something to combat the, the, the pandemic. If we would have been collecting a premium for, hey, um, in case a pandemic happens, all businesses can stay open and everybody goes home and you'll be paid, nobody, no, we wouldn't have this problem. The next pandemic that happens, that'll be there. Right now, they are making products right now that are going to give coverage for this, that uh, for the next pandemic that comes. I mean, think about this. This what we're going through, Teresa, is nothing more than a business income problem. That's all it is. Okay, that's all it is, because if all the companies would have had business income and we're not here to debate whether or not they should pay that, that's another article, another time, another day. But is in and here's my simple: if they collected a premium for it, they should pay. They didn't collect a premium for it because it's excluded. They should are not excluded, but it's not covered. Doesn't trigger coverage. They shouldn't. But the point is, is that this is the time. This is what I've been telling my friends: like guys, insurance is so awesome that it can solve the world's problems, and actually, it always has. Yeah. And that's where I think there's a message right now that needs to be told from the insurance companies. Um, heads heads up, on, I want to I want to jump real quick because I just thought of this. Did you see the thing that came out this morning with Allstate yeah. saying um, that they're giving back their money? And doesn't that make sense? I think that was a very very smart thing on their part and other insurance companies' part because you can't sit there and say that we base it on how much you drive and your accidents if we're not willing to give it back. 
when you're not driving, right? I agree. It's, it's I agree. Like, okay. So I, I didn't think of that, but that was very smart in all states. And I think you're going to see all companies go back on that now. Yeah, no. And I think that's a really big key point in the whole telematics discussion, right? Is if we're going to gauge how much you're driving, your safeness, your whatever, I think. And one thing that I've talked to a couple of carriers about is what if we do this, if we do this measurement, right, of driving, when do we redo that measurement of driving? Is, does that like count for the next 20 years? I mean, does it count for the next five years? Well, they tell me they can't answer that question. And that's a fair point. But at the same point, shouldn't we say that if people, I know that at my age, and I, I'm 46, I know that at my age, I drive very differently than I did at 23, you know? And so I don't think that that should necessarily apply forever. So I think that the same conversation needs to apply too to the long, longevity of that conversation. But in the meantime, where we are right now, I think they also need to take into consideration cultural situations, maybe that change like this one, to where people are working from home and they're not they're not driving around as much due to the social distancing and the, and the uh, shelter at home initiative. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. One of the things I've talked about when it comes to a lot of these agencies are also having a hard time working from home. Some of the stuff that you were able to say your 76-year-old stepfather um, yep. is, is able to actually do, and there's other agencies that are seriously hurting by this. Um, one of the things that I've been talking about for the last year or so was the great separator. And I think a lot of times people think that the great separator just happens. Right. <laughs> no. The great, great right. separators like anything else. And Zig Ziglar said it best one time, Teresa. Zig Ziglar said that if you take a frog and you drop it into boiling water, the frog will jump right out. Mm. But if you take the frog and you put it in lukewarm water and you slowly turn up the heat, it'll cook itself to death. Yep. I believe that the great separator is the slowly turning of the heat. It's yep. not the boiling water. And so you're starting to already see that now as the temperature got turned just a slight bit and people had to go from home, it like 5 to 10% of the agencies out there are literally struggling. I mean, yeah. struggling. And so you're starting to see they're getting separated, right? And there's going to be these things that are going to happen. I love the, uh, the meme that I saw that uh, – who is responsible in my agency for driving um, a digital transformation? And then the 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 answer is COVID nineteen, right? It wasn't my, wasn't my leaders, wasn't the young people. It was COVID nineteen major right. ass change, right? You know, right. so. How many of those other things? We wouldn't have said this back in January, February, that we would shut down the entire world, including the NBA and hockey and everything. But it happened. What else is there that we're not seeing? Well, um, I think so. Of what you think this next year is going to look like, Teresa? Any thoughts yeah. on anything? I think so many people have been so concerned about the security conversation. I think that's a lot of the reason why people haven't gone as virtual as they need to. But at the same point, I don't think that they're really exploring the security options out there. There are so many options out there that are secure that allow us to be able to maintain our book and communicate with our clients. And I think that's really important. I think the first thing we're really going to see is the ability for, because I think most of insurance is has the capability of being online at this point, as far as like all of our carriers have all online logins and so forth. I think really what we're 
probably going to be seeing is a lot more people with disaster plans. I know that at um, IAOA this past year in uh, IAOA 20 in San Diego, uh, Ariel Rivera, who went on right after me on the sneaks presentations, was so awesome at talking about disaster planning, planning for disasters. And mm-hmm. um, his point was being prepared. And I think something like this is something that a lot of insurance agencies don't have is if something like this happened, then we have a way to still work. And I know that I did a podcast uh, yesterday and that we were talking and the agency was from Florida <clears throat> and the conversation was we were prepared for this because of the fact of all the hurricanes that we know that we have to be prepared to continue. Well, there's so many other states that don't necessarily have that need that they have not really pioneered into it because they haven't had to, right? And I'm using my air quotes right now because they haven't had to. So we need to have serious conversations about voice over IPs for basic conversations. We need to have the conversations about IM chats, whatever that looks like with Skype or Teams or whatever communication platform we have. We need to have more conversations about virtual desktops so that people can log into their desktops, still have all of their files, still have all of their options. And I mean, I hate to say it on an extreme trailing conversation to me, which really shouldn't even, is is definitely part of the conversation that to me is, is, an, is a, maybe if, you know, we don't need to have these other ones if this primary one isn't in place, but we don't work off of paper files anymore, you know? Right. And at this point, maybe this summer, people need to be hiring interns to come on in and scan the tar out of all of your paper files and move to a paperless environment, you know, because to me, that's the number one thing. But I think this is really going to initiate so many more of those movements forward because this is something that has gripped our entire nation in a way that other states didn't necessarily have to be prepared for the way that those states that encounter hurricanes or other situations were prepared for ahead of time. We are. We're encountering something completely different as each other. You know what I was telling my wife just last night, and this is this is not related, but it is to what you're saying. I told my wife that I feel like it's Christmas, and the <laughs> reason Christmas. why I feel like it's Christmas, not because just the aura of everybody, not because of presents and stuff. And I and I was and I've been thinking to myself, why do I feel that way? Christmas is the only time throughout the world that we're all on the same page. Now, even if you're of another mm. religion. You still kind of know that Christian or um, that that Christmas is happening, right? Right. So, and then not only that, almost all religions have their main thing right in there because of the moon and all that other stuff. But anyways, so this, so they all have that there. Fourth of July, we're on our own, right? The rest of the world does it separate. Memorial Day, they don't they don't they don't celebrate that. February uh, for Valentine's Day, they don't they don't celebrate that. Labor Day, they don't celebrate that. Thanksgiving, they don't celebrate that. But Christmas. And that's why I feel like this is the two weeks in, or this is the one week in between Christmas and New Year's. That's the feeling I have. Like where we kind of, like like we're working, but we're not really, you know. And if your door's locked and the neighbor and your and your and your um and your prospect or client comes, they're not really upset because I kind of get it, right? We're kind of in that like thing, and it's just really weird, you know. And it's like it's (laughs) going on. You know, right. yeah, and it just keeps going on and on. And I right. will tell you this, it has gotten nice and warm outside here in Southern Illinois. It's probably been a little bit warmer there. Yeah. That has changed the shelter in place because now that we can go outside, just walk around, you know, do yard work. Uh, would you not agree that the yards will be as better than they've ever looked? They'll all like look like a gutta, <laughs> right? right? And then and, and 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 everybody's house is probably sparkling. I mean, I can see a little bit of yours and there's no dust anywhere on any of that stuff out there. I know. You know? But, I know. 
it's crazy. It's, like, it's clean, right? Yeah, um, I woke up Saturday you... and I was like, okay, let's take out the Swiffer and let's do this, that, and the other. So we had to cancel, you know, our housekeeper for a little bit. And that's, and that's fine. It's just, it's one of those things where I don't even think about it most of the time. And it's one of those, I'm like, Hey, what happened here? Am I really this messy? <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a wake up call too, that I'm like, Oh, I got to pick up my own stuff. Not just when the housekeeper comes, but you know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta kind of pick up after myself and having raised my kids, my kids are now 26 and 21. I'm like, who put that book there? Oh, that was, that was me. You know, I can't blame it on them anymore. <laughs> you know, and I, and I what have kind of figured that out. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Like as a leader of your agency, what is in your mind? to say we have a plan that's another thing too a lot of people who don't have a plan are really yeah. freaking out those who have a plan you have to adjust it but you have to stick to the plan what are you what are some things that you and that you've been thinking or some of you and your agency have been thinking about what you're planning for um, using this time for anything Teresa absolutely we're working on really being much more um, one thing we had not really instituted was the meeting whenever we work virtually we have the option to work virtually and it's been one of those things where if our kids are sick or or if I usually work from home on Friday so that I can either do the podcast and or do, um, you know, just stuff that we have to do as agency owners. I'd like to be able to have some conversations that I'm, I'm an ex if you know me, I'm a very loud person. My voice carries. I can whisper and they can hear me in, you know, Alaska. So I am a very, very loud person. So I like the privacy of kind of working in my in my home. And um, so Sorry. and it really stinks when my husband works from home at the same time. But that's, you know. Again, how are you going to fix that, right? That's his problem. No, I'm just right. kidding. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where we do work from home on a somewhat regular basis occasionally. And um, what we don't have in place, that that constant that continuity, that, that meeting every single day to really stay in touch. We do have the online chat. We talk all day long because I do have a staff um, overseas as well, a team overseas as well. So we're used to that. Um, even if we're sitting, you know, in the same office, we're still on the chat feature. So it worked. We, you know, we were 99% there, but for me being up, being moving, being in the point, I'm one of these people when I get working, I get so centered and so focused that I, you know, you could burn down my house around me almost, <laughs> AKA, <laughs> but anyway, you could almost like the world could burn down around me and I wouldn't even notice because I'm just over here around on my, on my keyboard. Right. And I don't even notice some things that are going on around me hardly. And it's crazy because I have to go, Oh, team meeting. And I have to stop because I'll wake up at 5 a.m. and just start working. And I have to remember, we have a team meeting at this time. For us, that's been something that's been a little bit harder for the continuity and the continuancy mm -hmm. and the um, consistency. That's the word I'm looking for to really uh, embrace. But we're trying very hard to do that and not be, you know, 30 minutes late because Teresa got her head stuck in a project. But, mm -hmm. you know, as a leader, I know I have to do that. I'm also engaging more on LinkedIn trying to create more virtual relationships and trying nice, to nice. really be able to kind of get outside of my own, not just to connect with people that I feel like I want to connect with that would be synergistic partners for me, but saying, how can I serve you? How, what can I do to serve you? And even people that I don't know how I'll be able to serve them in the future, I'm trying to connect with people to say, is there anything that I can help you with? Can I bring anything to you for a connection? Um, anything like that on LinkedIn. And then we're also trying to start up some virtual networking groups over Zoom here locally to be able to try to get um, some of our team more into some of that. So those are some things we've been trying to do here locally to be able to try to push forward. And I've actually opened up a couple of conversations with people who want some career changes down the road, which I think is exciting. We'll see if that goes nice. anywhere. So I'm, I'm one of these people, I'll throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. That's my term. And Teresa, 
I love that. Teresa, how great is it that when you're talking to these people about um, a career change and maybe joining you, the the example you're going to be able to give them over the next three, four, five years, or, or three or four, five months. I mean, I I have to admit, because I sometimes get lost in my own world like you do, I have to forget that like my commissions are coming in right now as yours are. Yeah. And my commissions aren't going down and my staff is still being paid. They're not seeing a difference in this. Um, we are preparing in case so. But if you're going to start preparing now, you should have been doing that before. I'm just saying yep. there's an example. People just don't realize how damn awesome this industry is. We're yeah. so immune. I mean, even during the 07, 08, 09 thing, I was five, six years into my career then. So were you. Yeah, I had some hiccups. Yeah, commercial got a little tough. But if I look at my 07, I probably made more in 08. And I probably made more, definitely yep. made more in 09. You know what I mean? Where other people – were like freaking out and couldn't yeah. find a job. Like I hated to say it. I didn't want to brag, but we were just chugging along. But one and thing, I think there's a lot to be said there. The one thing that we really noticed though, if you talk to people who got into the insurance industry, a lot of people get into the insurance industry in a really weird way, in a really mm -hmm. crazy time. And they, you know, maybe take that job working for somebody who says, Hey, I need this, but they knew they could sell a widget over here. And so they go, Oh, well, I'm in this really weird thing. Maybe I can go ahead and sell insurance, you know, and all of a sudden they fall in love with it. And mm -hmm. they realize that it's really the, I always say about insurance is the backbone of our community and insurance is the backbone of our economic system because it yes. props up our, our houses, our cars, our, our kids going to college. It, it, it props up our community and our homes, everything. And mm -hmm. people fall in love with it. And then I, I totally agree. The, the continuity aspect of it, the security aspect of it is astronomical in times like this that we can offer our families and we can offer our community. So I think we need to be really, really aware with eyes wide open that we're going to have a lot of people changing industries in the next couple of years. So we're going to find a lot of people that are powerhouses in their industries You're doing right. what they do, amazing salespeople, amazing connectors that are now going to be looking for something new. And we can take them and be able to scoop them up and bring them into our fold. And I think it would be an amazing experience in the next couple of years. I'm super excited, actually, for what's going to be happening in the insurance industry in the next few years. That's right. It's another way for us to be able to tell our story to when they're in a need that they actually listen, right? Yes. And then we, and then we suck them in and we suck them in and we suck them in. And the cool thing <laughs> is, is some of those new rock stars coming in are going to be the ones that are going to be the catalyst, hate to say it, yep. to some of those great separators that are suffering. Because them, them coming in, they have no... Uh, they have nothing holding them back. It's like they're yeah. just doing what they did in another industry. And it's like, wait a minute, you can't do that because it's the insurance industry and this is going to happen. And they're like, well, watch me, right? Exactly. Same thing here. So, yeah, that 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 is really, really awesome. Something that this, I'm, I'm making these notes down here. It's time to find the rock stars of other industries. I do, I do agree with what you're saying. I think we are going to have an explosion of talent that are going to come in. And what is ironic is if you talk to a lot of agents today, especially the newer ones, they've been in it about five are about 10, 11, 12 years, a lot of them right now, coming out of that 07, 08. Uh, Daniel Song, who I just did a podcast with, which is uh, awesome. You know, he was a mortgage guy making 400 and some thousand dollars a year. And then 07, 08 came yeah. and then he started doing a bunch of other things. But as you said, one of his side gigs was 
to uh, to to you got to listen to that. I know you're in January, but man, the, 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 from about January to now, in my opinion, are some of the best podcasts that we've delivered in the last probably two or three years. It's just been really electric. So I'm looking forward to that. Loyal listener, she had told me on the back end that she's listens to the podcast. She started a year back. Um, and, and it's true. I was just looking a podcast we released in 18. I'm getting like 100 downloads a month on. In, in 2018, you know, so people are listening. Teresa, um, is there anything that you'd like to add as we talk about this? Um, I would like to talk for a second. If, if there's anything you want to add, that's fine. But I want to talk about your podcast a little bit as well, because I think it's important that loyal listeners, I ask that you go, um, please support her and follow her. Uh, you guys know the journey that you have allowed me to join, uh, lead down. She has good intentions. She's talked to me about it. What is your, what was your reasoning for doing the podcast? What is it about? Tell us, Teresa. Well, I think it's really synergistic right now with what we have going on in our country is that I think that, like I just mentioned, and this was not my original intent, but, um, I think there will be a lot of people moving around in, in different industries in different, different ways, people within our industry going maybe into a different section of the industry. My goal in power women and in insurance is to highlight all women in insurance, not just agency owners. I have kind of started with agency owners because that's who I am. And those are the connections that I have. But mm -hmm. at the same point, I'm using my Instagram to be able to follow other agency owners around the country and be able to web female agency owners and or women just that are powerhouses in the insurance industry. And I'm always looking for people to connect me to other powerhouses, whether or not they're in sales, if they work for a carrier, if they work for an MGA, if they are doing something completely on the side that I may not even be thinking about. I want to hear about people's journey and women in insurance is something that is not, um, there are not a ton of women in insurance. Now there's a lot more than there used to be. I'll totally True. give us that. But I think that especially as we kind of go through this COVID-19 thing, we might see more women re-entering the workforce. We might see women kind of changing their position. And what I want to do is provide inspiration and provide um, almost a mentoring, inspiration, mind-blowing, outside the box. Think of something different, new, interesting, and maybe put a new fire in someone that they can too be, be able to go on out there and build their career in the insurance industry, no matter what their background is, whether or not they have some business degree or a risk management degree, or if they're a stay-at-home mom and an elementary education major, you know, like me, right. top fifth mm -hmm. grade English. And right. I'm, I want to encourage that aspect of women, no matter what aspect of insurance that we're in, because there are so many stories out there that are powerful and so many nuggets of wisdom that I think will just land on the right ears at the right time and inspire women to be able to step up in the insurance industry and really take a leadership role a lot more than they have and really be able to um, capture that je ne sais quoi is what I call it, the, um, the awesomeness. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. The awesomeness like is inside of them. And uh, we do actually talk about on there too, a shakabuku. And a shakabuku, if you look at the Urban Dictionary, is a strong, swift, spiritual kick to the head that alters your reality forever. And what is, I, what's the name of it? A shakabuku. Shakabuku. Yeah, it's okay. actually from a movie. It's actually from a movie, Gross Point Blank, with um, with uh, Minnie Driver and John Cusack. And uh, I won't tell you the premise of the movie, but Minnie Driver looks at John Cusack's character and says, do you know what you need? And he says, what? And she says, you need a shakabuku. 
which is a strong, swift spiritual kick to the head that alters your reality forever. And we all have those. And maybe right now people are going through times that they have this shock of thinking, I need a different career. I need a different job or I want to. And maybe now that fuel of change is coming up inside of them, maybe saying, I want something more stable where I can't be laid off and I want to be an agency owner or I don't want to work for an agency or I, I want to work for a carrier or I want a different job within this carrier or whatever that might be. And I want to be a part of that for the, for the upcoming women in insurance to fuel them and inspire them. And, you know, I want to be able to take those shakabukus and hear those things that, that alter women's reality forever and help fuel the ones that are coming forward for a new generation of women in insurance. Wow. That's, um, that's, that's, <laughs> Sorry, a, that's a lot. <laughs> no, no, I love it. Like my loyal listeners know, I love words. I love the meaning of words. I even like the meaning verse today versus when it was way lo- a long time ago. So I love that stuff. So that's why this my is my favorite uh, word. That is shakabuku. So um, it feels funny. It feels really cool coming off your lips too, doesn't it? I mean, it yeah, just, it does. It's it a does. fun it word does. to say. You know, it's kind of like it's so almost it's, like boom shakalaka, something yes. like that. But but you know, something like that. No, I like that. That is good. And 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 thank you for doing what you're doing. I am happy being a man. I always want to be absolutely. A man. I think I think men are awesome. Okay, <laughs> I I would never want to change. But if I could I be that. a woman just when I'm selling insurance, I think I'd probably take it because probably. I am telling you, women. And I've talked to other women about this. Isn't me? You guys, you guys have an advantage over mm-hmm. us men. You really, truly do. And I'm not just talking about because of looks or whatever. I'm talking about intellect, um, the skills that make us successful in business today, even to the C-suite level, are a lot of the attributes that mm-hmm. women have in sharing, caring, connecting, you know, understanding, empathy, those different types of things that just, it's just. People have been talking to men so long. It's just nice to have a woman come in and like, wow, uh, this is something different. And we can still have the same conversation we always do. It's a different perspective. It's a different experience. Yeah, Women have a natural connector about them. They have a natural connector spirit about them. Men do too. Don't get me wrong. But I think men are a lot more driven on the front end. And the connector is a a nice compliment, if that makes sense. Whereas women are the exact opposite, in my opinion. Women are the connector first and the and the driver on the back end. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's a nice little yin and yang that gets going mm-hmm. in the industry. And that's I I, and I really love that synergy that we're bringing to the business place in the insurance industry. As shallow as it may seem, there's a good chance that you could get into a lot of places that I could not strictly because you're a woman. Seriously, I, I really believe that. I yeah. believe that emphatically. Yes, yeah. I could say the other way, but that's been that way for a long time. But the good news is here is that it's seeing the other way. Tracy, people know, um, my loyal listeners do, that I have a, a separate presentation just for women and the power of women in insurance and stuff like that. I was raised by a single woman. So I, I understand the power of all that stuff. And that's why I just really, really like it. And that's why I'm really, really, I really, really like what you're doing with your- Thank you. Uh, I always, I always, cause it's power women in insurance because there's those double ends. I always think that, but yeah. So, um, when we get off this too, I'm going to hook you up with a list of some of the most powerful women Wonderful. I know. Um, Good. and, and, uh, yeah, you'll have a whole list of some rock stars out there. So anyways, uh, Teresa, anything that you want to say to wrap it up or anything as we bring this to a close? No, I just really encourage just everybody, no matter who you are in the insurance industry right now to go on out and just grab 
grab a hold of that golden rain that we have really dangling directly in front of us right now with all the changes, right. with the people that are going to be flooding the job market, with the technology, the the um, the learning experience that we have in front of us. Just go on out, grab it, make it yours, and just and just rock it. Because I think right now the whole country is going through that shakabuku, and uh, we're going to be really seeing a lot of change moving forward. And I think being a part of that change is is just inspirational and awesome. So I, I look forward to it. And if anybody needs to reach on out to me, please feel free to do so. Y'all can find me on uh, Facebook as Teresa Kitchens. I'm on Instagram. Um, I also have an Instagram page for Power Women in Insurance that we are in the process of growing. Just actually brought that out a couple days ago. So I uh, would love to hear women's stories and grow in that direction. I'm always I'm always available for a great uh, great chat and a great uh, great story. Yeah, fantastic. And and really, once again, I hope you loyal listeners know um, I always do it and I do it for you. And I try to bring you people that are specifically um, like Teresa, because I think that she brings I think that she brings uh, a lot to the table for what we are trying to do. So and for all you that are listening, that was a live Instagram chat, Snapchat, snap that I'm going to have to post. So thank you very much, Teresa, for being involved in that. And thank you very much. I'm serious about it, for the power Power women in insurance. <laughs> what I want, what I want you to do is, anytime you need me, anytime you gotta gotta Thank let you. the guys know over Bradley Flowers, Scott Howe, those are good guys um, that uh, would uh, you need to get on there because they've got a great listeners that that can can really kind of boost you. We need to get you as high as we can, especially people like Erin Nutting. She does the. Uh, I, I, uh, Instagram HQ. Yeah. I think it's coffee. K- coffee HQ. Coffee. Yes. I heard yes, coffee. Were very inspirational. That was awesome. You did a podcast with her? You just no, no, no. I heard yet? your podcast oh. with her when oh, she said that she was that. trying to get this moving. And I thought, yeah. what a huge commitment that every morning to be She's able to still do doing that. It. Is she really? Just, her and Alicia were on my podcast last Tuesday and she's still doing it. Yeah. So I think she awesome. took like a little hiatus off for a, a couple of weeks, but then just kept it going. She's having a lot of fun. Um, okay. But thank you very much for, for, for what you do. This won't be the last time and anything that you ever need from us, be sure to let me know. I okay. Appreciate it. You as well. To all you listeners, you know that I do what I do because I do it for you. This has been agency intelligence podcast. Gave you real agent, Teresa inside a real agency her, her agency, uh, giving you the real agency <laughs> intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is the real stuff. I've been Jason. She's Teresa. And we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast Certified.